Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Get The Shot podcast. This podcast is made for all you aspiring creatives trying to get your shot at working in the sports creative industry. My name is Billy Quach, and I am the creative director at Let It Fly Media based in Kansas City, as well as a content creator for the NFL. Today, we have a very special guest on the show, Brendan Minter of the NFL, and we're going to be talking to him about his journey from being a Mizzou student to working four Super Bowls for the NFL. We're going to be answering questions straight from you, the audience. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to everybody who listened via Clubhouse. There's not much else to say, so let's get this thing started. Let's run it. All right, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Get The Shot podcast. Thank you so much to everybody tuning into Clubhouse right now. This is the first time we are using Clubhouse to do the show live, basically, because usually I am doing it, you know, just via Zoom, private, and then I'm editing afterwards. So this is the first show that's live via Clubhouse. Um, it's not ideal because I can't record Clubhouse, so I'm going to have to let y'all in on our Zoom if you want to ask questions. If you don't want to ask questions, then just hang out in the clubhouse and chill, listen to us talk. But if you do want to ask us questions, I've tweeted the link to our Zoom, and it's also in the bio of my IG. So just go ahead and join, and I'll admit you once we get to the Q&A section of that. So thank you to everybody for tuning in via clubhouse, and thank you, Brendan, for joining us today. How are you doing today, Brendan? Oh, I'm I'm good, Billy. How about yourself? Yo, I'm chilling. It's Friday and we made it to the weekend. I totally forgot we scheduled this for yesterday at five and ghosted you, <laughs> but we are here now ready to roll. Hey, that's how it goes. We, we've been, we've been trying to do this one for a while. We we're going to, we we're going to do it on the beach in Tampa. But... Yeah, that, that was the original plan. I was going to bring podcast <laughs> mics. We were going to do it in Tampa. Um, but if it weren't for those COVID restrictions, I feel like that, you know, put a damper on things. I didn't really want didn't really to record us go, leaving the hotel and going to the beach and like hanging out. But maybe next Super Bowl, we'll uh, set something up and do do this in person with each other instead of Zoom. Maybe. Um, Live from Los Angeles. <laughs> all right. Let's get this thing started. Let's start off. I asked everybody this first. Like, just say what your role is your title, whatever you want it to be, and then kind of what you do day-to-day for the NFL. Yeah. Um, so my title is uh, manager of social content and creative. Uh, it's kind of a jumble of words there. But, uh, you know, on, on the day-to-day, um, doing a ton of, of different stuff. Every day it, it differs. Um, one day I could be editing a video, but the next I could be creative directing something, et cetera. So, um, and one day I could be LCCing on the sideline with you, you know, uh, just the time. So, um, yeah, I create content for NFL O and O channels that includes NFL, the check down, um, as well as help a lot of players with personal branding. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And how did you get into this role? Like, tell tell me a little bit about your journey, like from the beginning. How did you get into content creation and making your way to the NFL? For sure. So I went 
to University of Missouri for college, um, originally for broadcast journalism, and I found out pretty quickly that I just, you know, that was not the space for me. Um, I wanted to be way more creative, and it felt like what I was learning in broadcast was kind of stuck in 2005, if you will. Um, so, you know, and, and as a Mizzou grad, I hate to attribute, uh, you know, the, the first time I got inspired back to this, but it was at a, it was at a KU basketball game and they had an intro, uh, an intro video, I think in probably 2009. And I just remember standing there watching it and thinking like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. Um, you know, I, I want to make content like that. And so, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty roundabout way to get to the NFL. It was very nonlinear. I took a bunch of random jobs um, for probably the first two years out of college. Went from an ad agency uh, back to Mizzou for the athletics uh, program. And I went to the Royals uh, for a hot second. Went to Fox Sports, and that's what moved me out to Los Angeles for like, you know, three months. Did some freelancing there, and then found a, a job, um, a job posting with the NFL, uh, and had applied one night and and got a call from my now uh, boss Justin Anderson the next day. Uh, probably within, you know, that, that was a twelve-hour span. Um, and, you know, who, who knows how many people applied for that job? Hundreds, if not a thousand uh, applicants. And, and it was just the, the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, I had a bright orange resume and hopefully that stuck out. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but uh, it was great timing. Bright orange resume, like your the actual color style of it was bright orange? Yeah, yeah. So orange is my color. Um I don't know why it just sticks out to me, but uh, yeah, for some reason, uh, I, I made an infographic resume, uh, and Justin can attest to this. It, it had like hobbies down at the bottom, you know, drone enthusiast, breakfast enthusiast, just random shit. And I'm I'm sure it did not work with plenty of uh, job applications, but somehow it, it worked for this one, and that's all that matters. So. Yeah, uh, bright orange, and it's it's kind of cringy to, to look back at it now, but again, it, it worked. Was it your dream to get to the NFL? Was that like a huge goal of yours, or is it was just a random job posting and you just thought you'd throw your name in the hat? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a dream uh, to make it to the NFL, although it is, is certainly a, a dream job once I saw that. Um, I just knew that I wanted to do something in sports and I wanted to make cool shit. Um, and when I saw, when I saw that opportunity with the NFL, um, being, you know, on, on the league side, uh, you know, immediately thought, yeah, this is, this is definitely now becoming a dream, um, or at least a dream position. Yes. And how long have you been in the NFL now? Uh, it's coming up on four years. Four years in May. Um, and it feels like, you know, you do a little bit of everything. You got like photos, video editing, Photoshop down, graphic design, producing, like what, tell me about 
which one did you start out with? And then how did you kind of start learning the others and why did you start learning all the rest of the stuff? Um, you know, sure. jack of all trades type thing. Yeah. I, I think that the, the more you have in your skill set, the more value you bring to your employer, um, your company, your team, your league. Uh, and so I, I started out with video, um, editing mostly. And then I got into shooting. Um, and this was, this is still back in college, you know, trying to, um, afford camera gear and, uh, you know, decide if I wanted to fully be an editor or, or maybe be a shooter. Um, and, you know, I guess I never really truly made that decision. I, I still do both. Um, but, you know, as, as I went along and as, uh, classes got harder, we weren't, we weren't just learning how to like set up a tripod, but it was actually like finesse, uh, finessing your skill set. Um, you know, I, I recognized that learning how to design, learning how to just like translate good composition into video across from graphic design is, is just going to be super important. And I, I don't think I realized how truly important that was. Um, because by the time I was able to apply for the job with NFL, uh, in my portfolio, I had not only video shot and edited, but I also had motion. Uh, I had a little bit of design, and I think that's ultimately what got me the job. Um, yeah, we're going to do the Q&A portion right now. All right, first up is going to be Casey Burner. Yo, Casey, what's going on? Hi, I have no idea how this, this works. I just tried to join Clubhouse or tried to ask questions through clubhouse but i've been hearing you guys that doesn't work no so. yeah i'm not letting anybody answer or i'm not letting anyone ask questions via clubhouse just because yeah i'm new to it so yeah so don't totally worry fine. about that you're in the right spot yeah you're in the zoom meeting um we've got brendan up here my name is billy uh let's start off with an intro from you just say your name and kind of what you're doing now whether you're working or you're a student just so we get some more context to answer your questions better and then you could go ahead and shoot off your first couple of questions Oh, sure. Okay. Um, so my name is Casey. Um, full disclosure, I know Brendan uh, from college. Uh, hi, Brendan. Um, I, I oh, leave. buddy. <laughs> um, Good to hear from you. Yeah, how are you? Uh, have you heard from Kimball lately? Um, my, uh, uh, so I'm a post-production producer uh, here in Seattle, and I run a team of editors. Uh, we do... Um, uh, fitness and online yoga training. So at home workouts sort of stuff. We do a lot of promotional material and I've always been impressed with the work, uh, obviously that comes out of uh, both of you, but also just like the NFL in general, uh, with the, with the shorter 30 second social clips. Um, and Brandon was doing a lot of those at one point. Um, I guess my question really is just like, it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing, but when looking at creative and brand direction, like, do you look for what's trending first and then go and, and then bring the creative to that route? Or, or is it more of the opposite where you, you have an idea and then you take the, the create, you, you take the creative, uh, in a, in a more, um, like brand centric direction and then worry about, you know, how does it fit into the, the current trending, you know, what's trending. So do you start with what, um, you know, 
are you sourcing and looking around at what's like cool or are you, or are you setting the conversation internally first? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, that's, that's an interesting question. I think it, it definitely varies on the project. Um, mm-hmm. I do think just within the sports realm, like there's a lot of stuff that gets recycled and uh, a lot of people do uh, similar things to each other. Um, so, I mean, for, for 30 second spots, are, are you referencing like the commercial spots? Yeah. I mean, you've done some, some work, uh, you know, obviously uh, one that always has stuck out lately is, um, you know, the, the ad, the 30 second uh, playoff ad. Um, and, and I mean, your transitions within uh, video uh, are very kind of on trend. Um, things like, uh, you know, using animation on live video uh, to almost give it kind of a cartoonish feel. Um, you know, there was a lot of that a couple of years ago. Um, the Miami, um, uh, I want to call it the Miami logo, but that's not right. When you, um, kind of the neon look, um, that might've been even some personal work, but I think you were doing some like Jersey replacements or some color backgrounds, um, with just kind of those pinks and blues, um, around, uh, uh, some of the players. So I'm just curious in terms of when it comes to, you know, creative direction, is it like, sure. Or what, what, you know, talk us through your creative ideation, Brendan. Um, definitely. Um, so I, I think what would be helpful real quick, just to, to reset the room for clubhouse since they can't hear your question, Casey. Um, okay. The, the question here is for creative direction based on project. Am I going with industry trends or just kind of leading my own path? And what I would say here is it definitely depends on project for what you're referencing with the Miami colors. That was a, that was a uh, championship poster for uh, the winner of Super Bowl LIV. And, you know, a lot of those assets came from a pre-existing style guide that was put together from uh, the creative team uh, within the NFL. Um, other stuff like the commercial spots uh, that, that we just did a couple months ago, um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was going off of industry trends there, although it may have been subconscious. Um, I think, you know, I, uh, a backstory behind it, the song there, that had been on um, a cardio playlist of mine since like 2018. I, I always knew that uh, this song right here, I, I want to cut something too. I thought it would be a hype video. I didn't realize it was going to be a national commercial spot. Um, that song is Shadow Self by LS Dream. Uh, and you know, I, I think a lot of the creative in that commercial was informed just by trying to cut to the song and it was so unique and so, um, just out there, um, a, a fresh song, something that you don't usually hear in a commercial spot, uh, just trying to match the motion, if you will, um, to the sound, uh, is what I was going for. And one of the one of the cooler effects uh, of that piece, where I took like Michael Thomas or Travis Kelsey and and kind of like replicated them, um, that's something I'd seen kind of before, but not exactly uh, mm-hmm. that method. I was just kind of experimenting, and I went to AP Photos 
which is something that we as as NFL employees have access to. Um, I just found like 20 different photos that were similar uh, action. Um, tried tried to string it together and match that action and make it look like it was um, like a, a still frame uh, in that string. So it took a lot of work, uh, probably like a four hour process for maybe like you know uh, not even a second of of an effect. But I, I think it was still cool and uh, still worth it. So uh, ultimately, the the answer to that question is it just depends on the project. Yeah, Casey, and I'll add to that a little bit. Um, Agree with what Brendan has to say. It is dependent on project. I also think it might be dependent on team and brand, like who you're working for. Because some, you know, some organizations, some teams, you know, they like to follow the trends and be a little trend heavy and, you know, see what else, see what everyone else is doing or try to do what they think is trendy. And then I think some teams or some um, agencies, they like, you know, they do their traditional route and try not to have trends steer them from what their strategy is. So um, personally, I'm a fan of working in the middle. I think what we did at the Chiefs was before I got to the Chiefs, I feel like they were a little more on the traditional side with their content. Um, They weren't really you know, being, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I wasn't really following the Chiefs before I got there, but that's what it felt like when I got there. And then once I got a little bit more confident in my role, I started pitching more ideas and saying, hey, like, let's start using GIFs and memes and um, kind of bringing my youth into the conversation, Um, like using Office clips, using Fortnite, you know, references. Um, And, they allowed me to do that, and those things are some of the things that popped off during the season that I was there full time. So um, I think it's it's a or I think it, it depends on the brand you're working for or the project you're working on, and just seeing like you know are are you trying to follow those trends or are you trying to just do your own thing? Personally, I'm a fan of being in the middle of how you can be trendy but still make it your own style and keep it within your own path if that makes sense casey you there yeah i am you want, uh, i don't have any follow-up okay uh, sweet that question yeah perfect you want me to, <laughs> yeah do you have, if you have any other questions stuff, but... um if not then um we'll let the next person in but do you have any other questions for us no no that's great thanks guys perfect thank you for joining us and um we'll catch you next time bye casey i'll talk to you about buddy yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Next, we're going to join in. Uh, let Lutz join in. And yeah, we'll try to do a good job of repeating the question for the Clubhouse audience. Um, but let's see. I'm assuming this is Sam Lutz. It just has Lutz. Can you hear me? Yo, what's good? There he is. What up, Yo, Sam? What up, guys? What's going on, Sam? I didn't know you worked for the Royals for a, for a brief minute. I did. Yeah. Um, probably like five months um, working for the Royals. Does, you know, does, does Jana still work there on uh, graphics department? Yeah, she does. She actually just had a baby. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah she, she is the reason why uh, I got a job with the Royals. There was not a position open. Um, and I found her on LinkedIn and just assumed that 
her email was going to be some like combination of her name at royals.com. I sent like 10 different emails, finally got a hit. And, you know, she said, there is not, we don't have a job, but we have a ton of work that needs to get done. So like, we'll give you some hours on the side. And then if you want to shoot some games for uh, Crown Vision, you can do that as well. So that was, that was right after the championship season. Holy crap. No way. So you were, you were there in 2016? Yeah. Dude, we crossed paths there. Really? Yeah. I started, my first paid professional gig was opening day 2016. Wow. That's unreal. Yo, imagine. I, I, I think I could, I swear it was May 20, 2016. I don't know. I'll have to check those dates, but that's, Dude, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Man. imagine if Brendan and Sam were still at the Royals together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would have been fun, man. That would have been fun. Also, okay, Brendan, so- that's a bold strategy. Just sending off, you know, 10 emails using um, different combinations of people's names. Like, that's, that's I've hey, never I'm heard that one before. Royals, man. Yo, if you're listening, yeah. that that is a solid strategy. Just shoot your shot to get that shot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Got to be bold. That's crazy. All right, Sam. Um, introduce yourself to the podcast. I mean, people should know you were. Yeah, I think this is the first time a previous guest of the podcast has called in to ask a question. So, um, just right. quick I'm, intro, I'm, and then what's your question? All right. Um, I'm Sam Lutz. I'm a content producer for the Royals, um, and uh, I was actually so I was the first guest on this podcast. Uh, and now I'm the first guest to call in and ask a question. So I got to, I, I got to keep up in the bar apparently. Um, okay. So Brendan, my question, well, first of all, big fan. I know we've met in passing at Chiefs games and stuff, but uh, I love what, sure. you're, um, love what you do, man. Uh, I appreciate that. Okay. So my question is when you're starting an edit or when you get assigned a project, what does the process look like from like you get you, you get assigned whatever the project's gonna be, empty timeline to completed timeline, what does your process look like? I'm always curious as to like how that differs between people or if it's fairly similar across the board. I, I really have no barometer for that. For sure. So the question is when I when I get assigned a project from start to finish, what does the timeline look like? I would say uh, I get assigned the project, I procrastinate up until the very last minute, and then I get to work. Um, <laughs> the, the real answer, though, I would, well, actually, that, that is a, a real answer. Um, but to break down the timeline, let's say it's a video, right? I'm going to look for who knows how long to find the right song. And that is always going to be the very first thing that I do. Um, I think that the the music in the video is probably 75% of the experience of watching that video. Um, and, and so I, like, that's, that's always been my thing. Find the perfect song, um, something that, that gets me amped if it, I get goosebumps listening to it. Like, that's the one. And once I get that song, I will then cut it down. Oh, there you're on video. What's up? Uh, I'll cut it down, um, usually to try to get it under 60, um, probably 45 seconds in, in a sweet spot. 
and then go from there. Uh, and then, yeah, um, once I have a song, I usually will also have some creative direction, um, what I want to accomplish uh, with the video, like, I, I guess for what the brief is. Um, got a source footage as well. Find that on NFL Films. Find that through LCC footage, stuff that Billy shot before. Um, look through pressers. Look through ESPN videos of Stephen A. Smith debating, you know, just trying to be as resourceful as possible. Um, and then I think once I know what I found and what I have to work with, then that can help inform ultimately where I want to go um, with that creative direction. So, and then it's, it's procrastinating until the very last second and turning it in like five minutes after it was due. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That, yeah, that sounds similar <laughs> to how I do things. I'm just, sure. sometimes I'll see something that you were really doing. I'm like, how did they get there? How, what, what, what road took them, took them there? Definitely. I, I, I think just being resourceful is, is the way to go. I'm sure you would agree with that. And, and Billy probably does too. Just got to find it. And once you, once you find it, it's like, I know exactly where I can put that. And, uh, like if, if you find some gold, then that, that helps lead, uh, lead the direction. Yeah. And I'll, uh, throw in my two cents from my side. Um, most of the time I feel like I also get to shoot the footage that I use in an edit. So for me, the process starts at the shoot. Like in my head, I'm trying to edit my video while I'm shooting. So I at least get like a rough draft of the shots I need or the shots that I already have and kind of, you know, use that to help guide my edit later down the road. Um, but then sometimes, you know, you get to your edit and you wish you had a shot and you can't go back and, you know, get that shot. So um, back to Brendan's answer of being resourceful. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, be resourceful, come up with a new idea or, um, an effect or something to, you know, make it work. Um, another thing that I feel like happens a lot is I like to put down, um, pockets of footage and just not, I guess not pockets of footage, but just like a rough draft of footage, maybe like 10 clips and then, use that to help me find a song and I'll just loop my timeline and then go through songs and visually watch the footage as I'm clicking through songs to help me find what I'm looking for. Um, and then, yeah, after that, it's just, you know, trying to make it look as cool as possible. And um, sometimes ideas come to you in the middle of an edit and you, you know, change the direction. Sometimes it comes at the end and you change direction. Um, but hopefully you're, it's a project where you're starting from the beginning, you know what you want, and it works out. Um, but yeah, I feel like most people have the same kind of roadmap when it comes to putting together an edit. Uh, I think the difference between people is like what happens in between the pixels, like on After Effects. That, that, that part is just insane across the board but I feel like you know most people they find a song they lay down their best clips they put it in the order and then they export like I feel like a lot of us have the same route for sure it's yeah. A puzzle. yeah I'm right there with you guys I think it's super interesting and um, when I was younger starting out I always wondered how, how everybody did it um, now that I've done it a lot myself like I understand a little bit better I think all right any other questions Hi. Sam 
No, I just wanted to ask that one. Say hi. Let's go. Sam, What's up, Sam? Right, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Bye. Yeah. Later, Good guys. To Good to see you too. All right. Our next guest to ask a question is Jay. Yo, what up, Jay? Hello? Can you hear me? Yep, we hear you. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so my name is Jay. Um, I'm a student at U Albany over in New York. Um, I picked up sports photography about two years ago. Um, I used to run track and field here, and then I uh, got injured and some stuff happened, and I stepped away from the sport but wanted to stay involved. Um, so I picked up a camera and, you know, instantly fell in love with, you know, capturing emotion and, you know, being able to take someone's athletic performance and kind of solidify it forever um, through this picture that I take. Um, and that really stuck with me for the past two or three years. Um, and I'm a senior now, um, about to graduate in May, um, looking to actually start a career in sports photography in the NFL. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about me. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, what's your first question? Um, so I'm sure um, you guys get this question a lot um, for a good reason, because I think there's a lot of students looking for a little uh, for a little guidance out there. Um, but what do you think um, like directors of photography um, with specific teams or in the NFL as, as a whole, like what are they looking for? Um, is there a specific traits or certain things in their images that they look for that you think um, could help guide uh, not struggling um, photographer, but kind of find their way towards a career. Yeah, that's a really good question, Jay. Um, for those of you in Clubhouse, the question was, what do uh, directors of photography at uh, professional teams look for in the people that they hire, um, interns, seasonal assistants, et cetera? Um, kind, of, kind of what what are they looking for, basically? Um, and... For me, from my time at the Chiefs, knowing their ph main photographer, Steve Sanders, he's he's a freaking legend. Um, you know, every year he would hire one or two seasonal interns for that season. And then he also does have some freelancers that he hires, um, like Sam Lutz, who was just on, and a couple other guys. Um, those people are more, like, I guess, the usuals. Um, he's usually not hiring new freelancers unless maybe Sam is busy or something, something like that, or maybe somebody moves and he needs a new freelancer. So his, from, from what I know, freelancers generally are the same usuals, but the interns and the seasonal person is usually different every year. So in terms of what he's looking for, I don't know specifically since I am not Steve and I've never talked to Steve about this, but based on the interns that he's had and kind of, you know, what I would look for in an in, intern um, as working for in a video intern, at least maybe there's some overlap with video and photo is um, someone who, you know, probably I would assume Steve or any director of photography is looking for someone who has, you know, it doesn't have to be professional experience but the work looks professional if that makes sense like I feel like in photography you can tell pretty easily like if something is amateurish or beginner level versus dang they have it and I know it is very hard to explain but if you're in photography Jay I feel like you know the it that I'm talking about 
um, based on the people that inspire you, based on, um, you know, just other people you see on social, like having that definitely helps because um, I haven't been in this industry long. I've only been here for four years um, after graduation, but already what, what I've noticed is that when you have an opening, like for an intern or for a, any job position, you get a lot of mediocre or lower level stuff than you do good stuff. Like you're not getting 90% experts and 10% beginners. It's probably 90% beginners and 10% experts. So you, so I don't know, or what I'm trying to say is like your stuff just needs to stand out um, amongst the masses, which is probably the obvious answer, but um, that is probably my first part of this long answer to your question. I think my second part is once you're in as an intern, they're looking for people who will say yes to whatever the request is. I don't care. Not I don't care, but people aren't going to care if, um, you know, they're asking you to cover a 7 a.m. Chiefs marathon event, a 10 p.m. community service event, like whatever event they send you to cover, even if it's not like the greatest coolest thing like a football game like someone who just willing to do the work willing to get in and get the shots get in get out and you know no complaints or no um like unnecessary steps in between is probably my answer for once you're in as that person um brendan i don't know if you have any additional insight to that kind of long-winded answer <laughs> it's hard to answer because i'm not a photographer but i assume video and photography have the same kind of mindset yeah um hey jay this is brendan um i i'm looking at your online portfolio right now mm -hmm. uh and there's this photo of someone uh, a runner projectile vomiting and i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go away from that one but uh mm -hmm. it, it looks like um you know, you, you've got a good variation of mm -hmm. stills here. I, I really like the portraits. Um, and Brendan, it looks like Brendan you're by the way, running. you're muted on Clubhouse, just an FYI. Oh, thank you. I'm unmuted now. So sorry. Um, for, for everyone in Clubhouse, I, I was just looking through Jay's portfolio uh, online. Um, but yeah, what, what I was going to say, um, you know, you, you've got some really strong shots in here. Mm -hmm. I personally would not consider myself to be a photographer. That's like the yeah. fifth thing that I do. So I don't want to give you okay. uh, ad advice here that uh, may seem misinformed. Um, I think there are several people uh, right now on the clubhouse, <laughs> including Rick that, that just joined in. What's up, man? Uh, that, that would have way better answers uh, regarding photography than, than myself. But, um, you know, the, the portfolio looks strong. Um, I, I would say just like the, the more variation you can have, uh, the better. And it looks like you've shot football, uh, volleyball, like women's lacrosse. You, you've got a, a ton of stuff in here and that's, that's really awesome. Um, but yeah, just, just the, the more, variety you can have and i think also just like uh you know if if, if you have any studio shots or or just like okay 
a way to show that you have a, a firm grasp on lighting that isn't just natural light. I, I think that that is something okay. that uh, photographers that are are hiring would would definitely uh, love to see. Yeah, that's Thank a really so that's a really good point. Um, I'll add another second part of that that because you know um, teams they do a lot of in studio stuff, jersey reveals. Um, product shoots like as a photographer or videographer for a a team whether it's in the NFL or anywhere else like it's not just sports it's not just the action on the field there's community events there's you know product shoots new merch new jerseys new whatever there's you know the Chiefs go on a cheer trip a cheer calendar trip once a week to shoot for the the calendar, like that's not sports at all. Um, and so having variety definitely helps um, more than you, you know, most people would think, oh, well, I'm applying for the, you know, a football team. I just need to have my best football shots. But if you have, you know, your best shots from multiple places, that's that's a good point from Brendan. That's definitely going to help. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks for coming um, on. Yeah, appreciate it. Deuces. All right. Next person we're letting in is Ryan, the classic awkward. All right. There we go. Ryan, what's up? What's up? How's it going, Ryan? Good. What's up, guys? We're doing good. Welcome to the Get the Shot podcast. Uh, why don't you start off with an intro of who you are, and then you can shoot off your first question. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, my name is Ryan Maynard, obviously. I'm a creator here from Kansas City. I currently go to UMKC, and um, I'm, I plan to major in journalism, but um, next fall, I've already been admitted. I plan on going to Mizzou. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. M-I-Z. So my first question, um, Brennan, you went to Mizzou, correct? I did. I did go to Mizzou. So my first question is, when I get there, what kind of organization should I be getting involved in? Because I want to be able to shoot. Like The main thing for me and why I wanted to go to Mizzou is obviously because of education. But having the access to like a bigger D1 sports program. Because at UMKC, we're very limited on sports. We only have like a couple sports. That's a big thing to me is like having the opportunity just to be able to be on field, getting reps for all these teams, working in like a room with people more experienced than me and figuring out like kind of how to work in a team. Because anything I've ever shot, like high school football and such, I'm shooting it. I'm putting it on my computer, editing it, and I'm sending it to the school for myself. Like I'm not working with other people kind of thing. So what would you suggest? Like, is there an avenue I should go? Certain people I should talk to? That kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Ryan. Um, so for Clubhouse, the, the question here, uh, Ryan Ryan is a student at UMKC and is about to transfer to Mizzou. Was that right? Correct, correct. Transferring? Yeah. So at Mizzou, and, and this can apply to um, whatever college you go to, um, but at Mizzou, I would say um, reach out to people within the athletic program. Not, I, I would not say... Um, there are like organizations, uh, at least that I'm familiar with that, that I would recommend, but I would try to pinpoint the creators and, and there are many student creators that, uh, Mizzou and, and plenty of other colleges, um, are employing or having intern, uh, with the specific teams. There, there are people that are specific to basketball, uh, specific to the football team and, and many of the other Olympic sports, but, if, if you don't know anyone on faculty, um, which I, I do, and we can offline that, I'll, I'll tell you who to connect with. But um, if, if you can't find someone uh, on faculty to, to connect with, figure
figure out who the students are that are, are creating that content because almost every Division One school is going to have that. And if you connect with them, they will surely point you in the right direction. Um, and yeah, just go from there. So there, even if at first you don't get uh, the opportunity to, to shoot football, to shoot basketball, um, that's that's where I was in. I went and shot women's volleyball. I went and shot baseball. Um, and just like kind of had to earn it at first. Um, and, you know, once once you develop that trust with the, the faculty and, and other um, like head creators, then they're going to start giving you opportunities. Hey, it's, a, you know, the first football game of the season and, and somebody's out, somebody's sick. Like we need we need a shooter to fill in like those those will start coming. For sure. And then that kind of answers my second. And I want to say it was episode, Billy, you did with um, Alex from the Chargers. You were talking about just being like very well-rounded. So would you suggest like even if – and this also goes kind of like into building your resume too. Even if it's not specifically what you're going to do, just getting your foot in the door somewhere. And I mean, even if it's like being an assistant director for the wrestling broadcast, like oh, maybe that's not what you want to do. You don't want to be an assistant director, but just like getting your foot in the door and kind of getting – an idea of how processes work. Is that something you would suggest, even if it's not where you want to go? Yeah, definitely. If if that's your like that's your only option, you don't have a route to do what you want to do, but you have an option, an opportunity to do something somewhat in that realm, or you know, assistant directing. Maybe not what you want to do, but it's kind of what you want to you know in the same industry. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Definitely, I would definitely take that over not doing anything at all. Um, it's definitely good to just connect i mean at arkansas i was at uatv which was the student journalism like you know in the news anchoring whether i was a camera guy in that scenario which is not at all what i wanted to do but i showed up every evening and stood there and pointed cam b at the anchor for a medium tight shot with room above their shoulders for the graphic for a whole semester just so I could at least meet the people who were in charge. One of them, one of the main producers was working at RSN and that's how I got, you know, connected to go to Razorback Sports Network and do more sports stuff. But like it's at that point, it's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're doing it with and just meeting everybody saying, Hey, this isn't really what I want to do. But I'm, I'm willing to do it. I'll show up at 6am. I don't care, but here's what I want to do. Can you help me? Like, who do I have to talk to? What do I have to do? What's, what are the steps for me to get from here to there? So, yes, definitely a good route to, um, you know, take every advantage of any opportunity you want, even if it's not in the same vicinity of what you're trying to do. For sure. Yeah, I, I totally second that. Oh, go ahead. Um, I, I definitely second that. And it, it's all about getting your foot in the door, um, wherever that opportunity may be. Um, you know, similar to, to what Billy was saying, um, it, it just takes that one time for for an employer, uh, whether that's someone on faculty at, at the college you're at, to, to see you busting your ass. And, and you know, if, if you have to wake up at 5 a.m. to get to a practice or whatever it may be, like when you show people that you're you're willing to bust your ass for what may not be the the sexiest project, but you're willing to be there and get it done because you want more opportunities. Like that, that grit is what's going to 
give you more opportunities, you know? Um, and like, just for example, like when I, when I started with the NFL, um, I was supposed to be a graphic designer, right? Um, and I had not really done much Photoshop before, but tried to bust my ass to, to learn Photoshop. Now I don't do that anymore, right? I was able to take multiple opportunities and, and start to, um, you know, introduce more skill sets. Now I can do video. Now I can shoot photo. Like I, I never considered myself to be a photographer, but you just keep building up and eventually those opportunities will come. So, um, biggest thing I would say is just like find joy in sometimes what may seem to be a, a shitty project, but like just know that uh, there are plenty of other people that would kill to be in a spot like that to, to get to shoot volleyball or to get to shoot, you know, field hockey or Quidditch, you know, um, as long as you crush whatever you're doing and, and what's in front of you, like that's, that's going to just be a, another stepping stone to get you to the next place. Gotcha. Is it okay if I ask one more right quick? Yeah, for sure. You're So far, you're the only one left in the room, so ask as many questions as you want. Sweet, sweet. So one thing one thing I do worry about a little bit, like, I'm, I'm in no rush. I just turned 20, so, like, I'm not sweating about, oh, I got to be doing this by 23 or this by 24. But one thing I worry about is, like, I don't have much of a resume, and, like, the only thing I'm going to have coming in is I'm going to have half a semester working for U News at UMKC, like, writing for sports. But then I'll have two years doing whatever I'll be doing my junior, senior at Mizzou. And I'm not like super concerned, but um, is it more important? I know you talked about it a little bit, Billy, because you're saying like you're going to check a portfolio and like that's going to be, you know, probably take precedent over the resume. But at the same time, like when I'm competing into a competition and like maybe not everyone does the process the same as you. So they're going to see my resume and be like, oh, he's only done, you know, this, that, and the third blase blase so is there any like suggestions or tips to like should i just accept that i'm not gonna have a super stacked resume and just make sure my work's on point or should i just be taking any side job just to be able to say hey i did this put on a resume as well yeah so for clubhouse um if there's only two years left in college should um ryan focus on padding his resume as much as possible because he might not have as much to put on his resume with two years versus four years, or um, should he f more fo more focus on his portfolio and his work and his reel? Um, and my answer to that would be probably the latter. Focus on your reel, focus on your work. Like, sure, the resume might matter for, you know, different teams. And, like, depending on who's doing the hiring, what type of organization they are, like, like that might be true you know, 50% of NFL teams might care about the resume more than portfolio, but I can guarantee you a hundred percent of those teams care about the portfolio, like across the board, if that makes any sense at all. I'm the first time I've ever said that. I don't even know if the math checks up, but like, yes, yeah, some teams might care about the resume, but all teams are going to care about the portfolio. That makes more sense. Um, so to add to your, um, I guess confidence, I started, you know, really getting the content creator and like padding my resume and making sure my reels on point my junior and senior year as well of college. 
So you coming in to your junior year, knowing all these things is about the same time that, you know, I started to take these things seriously because I picked up the camera sophomore year and that's when I first started, but I wasn't thinking like long-term, my real, my resume, how do I get a job? I was just thinking, oh, this is fun. Like I'm going to make a cool video with my friends and just throw it up on my YouTube because I don't know what else to do with it. Um, my junior year and my senior year is when I started to get serious and start to think about, okay, got to put together a reel, got to put together a portfolio. So don't think that two years is not enough. It's plenty of time. I would say one year is still plenty of time. I would say one semester is plenty of time. Like, you know, don't count the semesters um, in terms of how much time you left. That is just the truth. You have two years left. Okay, I have two years to crush my reel. Um, and that's how I would look at it. Um, so yeah, I would focus on your portfolio and your reel and your work. I wouldn't take random jobs to try to pad your resume because then you're taking away from putting that time into your work and your reel. Yep. I totally agree with that. I, I had a couple like random internships at Mizzou that I, I don't even include on my resume. Um, and I do remember at the time thinking like, you know, I, I need that experience. I, I need something to put on my resume to, uh, you know, stack up with, with other people. Um, and now looking back at it, like I, you know, that, that didn't matter at all. It's all about what's in your portfolio. And so I totally agree with Billy that use your time to, uh, you know, put together a good reel, go out and create more stuff. Um, like you're able to, to find jobs, like if, if they're random freelance gigs, um, like use that money to reinvest into new equipment or new software. Like that's, that's what I was doing my senior year. And it, it took me until the second semester of my junior year to even figure out what I was doing. Um, I, I was still in broadcast when I started, uh, my junior year. So, um, like, at, at the ripe age of 20, like you have plenty of time. I would not compare yourself uh, as far as timelines go with, with anyone else. Like everyone's on their own journey. Everyone's on their own timeline. Um, and like just, just the fact that you're asking these questions and like interested in, in trying to connect with the right people at Mizzou, like that puts you leaps and bounds. Uh, I'm, no, I'm not going to say leaps and bounds in front of people because that's comparative. Uh, but that puts you in a good spot. That puts you in a really good spot. Um, and yeah, again, just the fact that you're, you're trying to find out who those people are. Once you connect with them, like that'll, that'll be really great. That'll open up a lot of doors for you. For sure. And then since no one's else, I'm going to ask a gear question right quick. So I've been shooting with a T6i for a while and I'm thinking if I'm going to make the jump this summer, I want to go ahead and, and drop you know, a couple grand on something because this is in my career and it's just like an investment, you know? So mm -hmm. I was curious what you guys prefer. Cause right now I've whittled it down to either, um, an R5, R6 or a A7S3 most likely just cause I need something that's decent for hybrid. Cause I'm going to be trying to do photography as well. So, um, if you guys have any personal experience with any of the cameras, I know Billy, I've seen you using the R5 and, um, I also saw you post this thing of like all your cameras. You said you said that maybe the A7 III, I'm not sure what you shoot with Brendan, but um, maybe what do you guys think if you have any expertise in either of those cameras? Yeah. Um, so Ryan's asking about uh, camera equipment and potentially making a 
I, I shoot on a Sony a7 III, uh, just like you mentioned. Um, I have not tried the R5, R6, what, what Billy's shooting on. I haven't tried that. I, I've been mostly Sony um, for the last like five or six years. But uh, I went from a Canon T3i to a Sony a7S II. Um, and once I was able to shoot it at uh, high speeds, um, 120 FPS like opened a whole nother door for me. And, you know, that was back in 2014, 2015. Um, and since then, camera equipment has only gotten way better and way cheaper. And so um, I, I know that Billy is, is um, a big fan of Black Magic, but I will uh, always rep Sony. And I, I don't think you can go wrong with the A7 III. That, that has done really well with uh skills and and still able to shoot great video as well yeah my answer there ryan is um i'm not going to choose for you which one I, I think you can't go wrong with either of them um i will just probably explain my mistake when i you know purchase cameras and maybe you take away um a nugget there i started off with the canon t3i and then for some reason, I decided to buy a second Canon T3i because I thought, oh, two, two angles, you know, got to get that, you know, double, double. I, I was doing double camera back before I even knew what that was. Um, but then after that, you know, I was like, okay, I got to upgrade. Um, I got the Canon 70D. And, you know, it was a minor upgrade. It was like a mid-tier step. But then the 80D came out and I was like, ooh, that has better features. I'm going to get that. So then I... Got the ADD. And then, you know, I'm not full frame yet. So I'm like, wow, everybody with full frame, like they're making these awesome things. I need a full frame camera. So, you know, there was some hype with the Sonys. So I jumped from Canon to the Sony A7S II. Once I got that, there were some quirks about it that I wasn't a fan of. Um, and I was like, dang, I need to switch back to Canon. So then I got the Canon 1DX Mark II. And then after that, I'm like, bro, this Black Magic just came out and it's like one sixth the price and it looks way better. I'm going to get that, but it's on back order. So I'm going to get the A7 III while waiting because I'm selling the camera and then, you know, then I have some to make the next step. And basically the, the poor decision there is like if I would, if I just waited to make a bigger jump versus multiple tiny jumps, I would have saved so much money. So you know, you have the Canon T6i right now. I would first ask yourself, like, do you really need to upgrade? What if you get to Mizzou and they have Sonys for you to rent or, you know, R5s for you to use during the games? Then you're sa saving yourself some money. Um, and maybe, you know, I mean, obviously you are sticking in this. You're eventually going to get your own. So... Um, but that's something to consider. Like maybe Mizzou might have some of those things for you to use. And then th that way that could help inform your si decision. Like, do you have to purchase right now? Um, and that's probably the question that I should have asked myself back then. Like, do I really need the ADD right now? Or can I just wait and, you know, wait for the 1DX Mark II jump and skip the A7S II and ADD I did in between? So I would just, you know, yes eventually get get a better camera than the T6i because I'm assuming the T6i is similar to T3i and it's not doing as great as you would want it to. But maybe 
you could, you know, hold off for a couple more months, figure out what Mizzou has, if Mizzou has anything, or at the worst case, you're saving a little bit more so you could get the top of the line, whether it's Canon, whether it's Sony, make sure it's the top thing. Um, even though they're going to release something in next year, whatever, don't focus on that. Just focus on getting whatever is best right now uh, and make sure that jump is big versus a lot of micro jumps. I think that's all for now. I just want to say I really appreciate you guys. I've DM'd y'all both on social media and you guys have replied. So I think that's awesome. And um, it's just dope to see people like I have a lot of friends who are in other industries and it's, I guess, gatekeeping is the word. And it's just people who are like so against helping. So it's, it's dope to see, especially younger people too, because I, I mean, I know how it is. So I really appreciate you guys and um, look forward to all your work in the future. Yeah, I appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you so much for calling in and asking questions. Thanks, man. Let me get that DM right now. <laughs> that was up. All right. All right. I'm just going to... S- oh, here we go. We got Dalton. Yo, Dalton. What's good? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's up? I'm um, doing well. Doing well. Can you hear me? Yep. We hear you loud and clear. Good deal. Uh, hey, listen. Long time lurker. First, first time caller. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to the stage. Um, just start off with an <laughs> intro on you and then shoot off your first question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so my name's Dalton. Uh, I'm a I'm a late bloomer uh, in the videography world. Uh, 30 years old. I went to school for business and marketing. Um, kind of doing the corporate corporate world. Uh, realized I had a little passion, a little nick for for editing and videography, and then decided to jump in it. And I just want to first, Billy, say thank you and to everyone in the community for um, just just interactions and pushing and and, and information that because you're definitely one of the people who. Kind of pushed me to kind of realize that hey, this is this is a this is a possible as a career. So um, shout out to you. So um, yeah, last year uh, with my uh, with my Trump book, I decided to buy a, uh, a a Black Magic thanks to you and your suggestions and some research after that. Um, and just kind of spent all summer just kind of shooting around, playing around, get comfortable with it, and ended up um, landing a, a side gig with the uh, the Kansas City Comets as a video- videographer there. Um, pretty much just a way for me to get out there, build a portfolio, get some experience and kind of just get a lay of the land. So been doing that um, since December, been having a, having a hell of a time, enjoying it, enjoying the ride, enjoying the process, growing and learning, all that good stuff. Nice. That's There's awesome. There's yeah, Mantra. Love it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, did, I, I, had a, I had a question, um, I wrote a couple of questions down. I think it's been, been a couple of episodes ago. I didn't mean to get in here. Um, so I'll just go fire off a couple. Um, that would go for Brendan, uh, for both you and Billy. Uh, the first one, I was curious, and this is, and this is kind of showing um, where my head was at when I was looking at these questions, was to hear about your guys' thoughts on um, having a personal versus professional um, social media account and like the, the, the pros and cons of having like one or the other or having both kind of a combination. Um, and guys, what your thoughts are. Yeah, uh, that's that's a super interesting question. Um, so for Clubhouse, it's uh, what are the pros and cons of, of having a personal or a professional Instagram account? And I'll say that my Instagram is mostly professional. Um, I think you know all of the the college photos that I took I, are nowhere to be found. Uh, I guess Facebook is is what I use that for, but. Um, now I, I just post mostly uh, my work on Instagram and, and also Twitter for that matter. Um, and, you know, there there are times where 
I think like I should start a, a personal Instagram um, or just keep that on the side. Um, but, you know, I, I think that having a professional one uh, in a few instances has helped me um, be able to just share an Instagram link uh, with people for, for freelancing or uh, potential job opportunities say, hey, like, you know, I, I don't actually have an online portfolio right now. Um, I used to, but that was when I was I was uh, looking for jobs. But uh, in the meantime, like here's my Instagram. It's mostly all professional work, photos, video, etc. Like take a scroll there, or you can check out my Behance. Um, but you know, I, I think there are pros and cons uh, to both. I, I wouldn't necessarily suggest one. I think you can make either work. Um, I, I think you can have a professional Instagram and a personal Instagram. I should probably be doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that, um, I will say on your Instagram, you probably want to, uh, keep most of the content in line with what the page is about. Uh, I remember in my first year with NFL, I was trying to put, uh, designs on my Instagram and then it would be personal stuff and then it would be some videos um, and it was just completely random and uh, just for the, the main goal to be able to, to share that with potential employers like I realized that it was not getting as uh, it was not getting nearly the uh, exposure that it could if I um, you know put most of the content uh on it just as professional stuff. So I started to do that and then saw um, more return uh, with engagement. So, yeah. Um, oh, and, that's a bad answer. <laughs> <laughs> just me rambling. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm going to have a similar answer of me rambling because um, I don't think there is a right answer or a wrong answer. It's all about what your goals are and what kind of what you're comfortable with. I mean, if your goal is to get more work, more freelance, more people to know about you, then I think your main Instagram, you know, should probably house 99% of your work and your content just constantly on the feed. So that way you never know when someone's going to click on your profile and be like, oh, this person does videography. Like, let me hit him up and ask him if he wants to do video. But maybe you're at a point where like, I don't want to do freelance work. I don't want to do side gigs. Like, I don't really care about that then I would say, you know, post whatever you want. Like you post your work, you post your personal stuff, blah, blah, blah. But if, if it's your goal to like get freelance work, get more connections, network, and, you know, do more work, then I think the strategy is to make your page more of a professional page. So that way it just increases the odds of someone seeing it and reaching out to you for work. Um, Personally, my route, I probably go 95% work and 5% personal. So I'll still post some pics of like me, like at the Super Bowl. Um, but then 95% <laughs> of the time, I'm just posting stuff that I've created. Um, and that's where I like to live now that I'm not in a position where I'm looking for work. Like um, if maybe if I was, it'd probably be 100% work, no personal but I'm starting to increase my personal percentage on my feed just because I don't, I don't really care. Like, you know, at this point, it's just, it's my Instagram. And if I want to post a personal pic, I'll do that. 
Um, but prior to where I am now in my career, I would post all work all the time just because, you know, if someone went to my Instagram, I wanted them to know right away, oh, this man can edit, this person can do photos or whatever. Like I wanted that to hit them in the face. And, you know, it started off originally as my personal Instagram because I didn't create content. Then once I started to create content, I tried to mix the two and do like maybe 50-50 or maybe, you know, 60-40, but it just didn't feel like I got, I kind of got stuck on like, all right, what should I post next? Should it be a personal photo or should it be a work-related photo? So um, my advice is, you know, if you're trying to find a new gig, more jobs, if you're trying to use Instagram as a tool, 100% work, go all in on that. If you're at a spot where you're chilling, do whatever you want. Um, if you just, you know, you want to find work, but you don't want to use your Instagram, that's okay too. Just use a personal Instagram, make it personal stuff, but then have a solid website in your link or, you know, just have a solid alternative of instead of sending someone your Instagram, you send them your portfolio or your, you know, website link. Awesome, guys. I appreciate the insight. I was, yeah, like I said, it was a question I had listening to a, a previous um, episode and I was kind of going back and forth within myself, like figuring out because I had a personal, it's like, well, do I branch out? Do I make another one? Do I kind of convert this one? It was kind of going back and forth and um, uh, ended up making the decision of making a completely different Instagram. So, you know, specific for freelance work and kind of promoting my own business. And I think it was a, the wise decision for me in that moment, but um, I'm sure there's uh, some other people might be thinking the same um, for future thoughts. So I appreciate the insight. Um, another one uh, question for both of you guys, you guys obviously in, the, in uh, both uh, obviously consider professionals in, in the field and the sport. Um, so I was curious, and, I, and Billy, I apologize if this has been answered in previous um, episodes that I may have missed, but um, as professionals, is there any specific pro tips that you would give um, that maybe not that, that comes to mind when you think of um, game day filming or, you know, uh, post-production or just something that you guys have found that um, makes your job easier? Yeah, so the question was for Clubhouse, the question was, are there any pro tips that, you know, professionals think of maybe a beginner or amateur wouldn't think of that just makes our lives easier. Um, I think one of my pro tips is to make sure your file organization is on point. Like you're not just opening Premiere and hitting OK right away. You're opening Premiere, browsing where you're going to save that Premiere file, making sure it's in the right folder, making sure you have a project folder, making sure all your footage is in one spot, making sure nothing in your downloads is in your Premiere project. Cause like, what if you get a new laptop, then all your stuff's unlinked. Like being organized with your files is my biggest pro tip that a lot of people don't do. Like I've had people DM me on Instagram, like, Hey, can you take a look at my project? And they open it. And I see that it's like all on their desktop where it's, it's like one folder and their premiere project is in it. Their footage is just in it, not in a subfolder. Like it's just all in there. And that would probably be my number one pro tip is like lock it down on the file organization, whatever system you want to come up with. But there has to be a system that is transferable from computer to computer because having stuff in your downloads and your desktop is okay. But like if you ever work in a team environment, if someone wants to use your project on their computer, then it's, it becomes a mess. So that's my pro tip for that. 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Organization is, is huge. And I remember uh, when I was learning video editing, that was actually the very first thing that was covered. And, you know, teachers, like, just over and over and over, like, at the start of class, needed to ingrain the fact that you have to, you know, label all your folders and, and just make sure that everything is uh, organized to AT because you never know in a professional world when you're going to have to send files. You don't know who's going to have to take over stuff. Um, you don't know five years down the line if a player retires or um, whatever the situation may be, if you need to go back and, and find that project and, and you know tweak something uh, because it's, it's relevant now at the time. Like You just never know. So staying organized is, is really great. Um, I would also say that just from from a from a content standpoint, like uh, stuff that can take your work from good to great to like the professional level is just getting more of a handle on uh, color grading. Like I once I felt comfortable uh, enough to color grade and, and um, you know use Lightroom for photos. Uh, I've tried to use DaVinci Resolve for uh, color grading video, but I stepped back and and, uh, just do it in Premiere still. But once I had a handle on color grading, I definitely felt that my stuff went from good to better, Um, just to look more cinematic. And, and, uh, you know, I I love a desaturated green. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll always suggest uh, trying to take Lightroom and, and uh, bring out the colors. So. I'm going to add a second tip on top of Brendan's because he made me think of something. Um, it's not really a tip, I want to say, but along the same lines of Brendan's answer of, you know, what can you do to or what can you think about to make your stuff go from good to great or to the next level? Um, something I see a lot from other people or that I see a lot of people don't do is the flow I don't, know, I, I don't have a name for it. I just call it flow. Um, but basically the flow of your edit is super important. And a lot of people starting out, they'll just throw a song down, throw their clips on top, throw some effects here and there, export, post, and they're done. Which works when you're starting out as you're learning, you know, how to do stuff, how to export, how to shoot. Like that's good when you're starting out. The next step is thinking about the flow of your edit and paying attention to the song, the dips, the rises, the speed of the lyrics, the beats, the small beats, the big beats, the rhythm, the tone, the, you know, if I have a rapper on my song singing fast lyrics, then I, in my opinion, I think the footage should be fast paced. But some people will just throw a slow motion clip up for like 12 seconds and, you know, get a verse from the person singing and it just doesn't, it doesn't match up quite as much. Or they might throw in a sweet effect at the beginning of the video when mostly the beginning of songs, it's like rising and a little bit of, you know, it's not the exciting part yet. So why are you putting like heavy effects to start off? Like matching the audio to the visuals and figuring out that flow is a 
big thing that I think separates people from good and better because I see it but on both sides. Like when I see a video, I know right away if the flow is good, it's a great video. If the flow is bad, I know right away that, all right, it's, it's, a, it's an okay video, but like there's another step that you could be taking. And I don't know what to call that. I just call it flow. Um, and I'm coining that term right now, right here. But it's basically the matching of your visuals with the audio and how your song is built. A lot of people, you know, you're editing to the song. What I try to do is make it seem like the song was edited and made for my video. Like, obviously, songs are created years in the past, months ago, like, obviously. But the, when I'm editing, I'm like, how can I make this project look like that artist made this song specifically for me and that's how I get my stuff to go next level is because the audio matches the visuals and you know it it feels like one thing it doesn't feel like you're trying to put your stuff on somebody else's work if that makes sense yeah that's awesome guys I appreciate I appreciate it again that that's why I'm here man I try to learn from the best because uh, you know, we, we see it out there and, and definitely appreciate of it. Um, I didn't really have, I had some other questions, but I don't think they're um, quite relevant, you know, uh, kind of um, in, in terms of um, resourcing, uh, you know, when, when um, someone doesn't really have the means to, you know, to upgrade equipment or, you know, have something else that, that, that came in mind once upon a time, but I don't think we need to address it here. Um, so I'll just go ahead and, and tune off and, and say, once again, I appreciate, I appreciate me, uh, you guys having me on here. Appreciate the work you guys are doing um, for the community and for, all, all like-minded individuals. It's, it's super inspiring and it's awesome to see, see it all come together. So I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, thank you so much for getting on and you know, feel free to DM us anytime to ask those questions offline. Um, but yeah, thank you so for much, sure. Dalton. Awesome, guys. Take care. Deuces. Yeah. Brendan, those were a lot of good questions from people You know, trying to learn, trying to get better. Um, what was mm-hmm. your mindset when you were in that position trying to learn how to do things trying to get better like how did you learn how you know did you reach out to anybody did you take classes like what was young yep. brendan like in terms of becoming current brendan uh young brendan was an idiot man i'll tell you that uh no i i remember being you know in college desperately trying to find um you know, any job that would take me. Um, I spent a lot of my free time uh, just trying to get better, knowing that, um, you know, the the more skills I have to offer, the more valuable that's going to be. Um, so I took advantage of, of uh, you know, the resources that were provided. Uh, the Mizzou Journalism School has a lot of uh really great resources, good people to talk to, but uh, the biggest thing was they had a lab um, in their basement with, with ridiculous red carpet, but, uh, you know, they, they had computers equipped with uh, all Adobe products. And so uh, at the time as a, a junior in college, I didn't really want to, to pay a monthly uh, Adobe Creative Cloud subscription, so I was able to just go to the journalism school and use that as much as I could. Um, so there were there were a lot of you know Friday nights where I would have friends that would say, "Hey, come meet me at the bars," and I'm like, "Look, I gotta like finish this project," and 
you know, it wasn't for school or anything. It was just passion projects and, and, uh, I would get revved up about something and not want to quit until I finish it. And, uh, you know, I, I think that having that fire, uh, and, and trying to, you know, keep that, that Kobe mentality, uh, mama mentality, um, when I'm creating, I, I think that just drove me to learn more and, and devote more time and, and invest more money into um, where I ultimately wanted to go. So I, I just remember as a, a young creator, um, not knowing who to reach out to. And so I, I didn't necessarily do that. I didn't have uh, many like mentors or, or people that I looked up to. I just wasn't sure where to go. Um, but that was, that was before social evolved into what it is now um but at the time I, I was using youtube a lot there there were a handful of uh really great creators on youtube that had awesome tut tutorials and and now at this point you can find anything you want i mean youtube uni university um so just like being scrappy trying to be resourceful and and figure out uh you know where the right tutorials are and if you see something that inspires you try to recreate it you know um not copy it but uh you know when i saw something that inspired me and something that that uh you know when you see something that works you know and when i saw something like that i i would say to myself you know how was this made uh how can i try to make this and and try to reverse engineer it and in the process uh, of experimenting uh, in that regard, like I learned more stuff, I, I figured out other ways uh, on how to make it and, and realized that for every one effect, there are eight different ways uh, how you can accomplish that. And each each way may be a, a different effect or go outside of After Effects and Photoshop, whatever it may be. But uh, just finding the time to experiment and and do stuff on your own uh, on your own is is going to ultimately uh, be the best thing you can do and and just build up new skills and and uh, building blocks. Yeah, YouTube University. I think all of us are graduates from. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you maybe it may say Mizzou on your diploma, but it may say Arkansas on mine. We're definitely YouTube University graduates. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Super Bowl because you've been to a couple of them. How many Super Bowls have you been to and which one has been your favorite? Yeah, uh, LV was my fourth Super Bowl. Um, the favorite one was was obviously 54 LIV. Um, as, a, as a Kansas City boy, that was wild to, to see. And, um, you know, uh, that's, that's something I'll never forget. Uh, and it was it was really cool to see your 360 uh, video of us on the sideline. Like I I will never forget that uh, feeling. So amped up watching the clock go from 10 seconds to zero. I, I remember Ryan Kang was with us, and uh, you know just like squaring up like a like a sprinter, ready to <laughs> ready to sprint onto the field. Like I, I will never forget that. Um, so that's really cool to see. Um, I'll have to retweet that at some point, but, um, yeah, just seeing the, the organization go from what it was back in, you know, 2010, 2008, 2012, like the bad years, um, 
and and to see uh, just the the growth and um, all all of the massive moves, uh, the the draft picks, the to see Mahomes bring it bring it home, and uh, that was just unbelievable. I'll yeah. never forget that. that... The other, every Super Bowl is special, but Liv was Liv uh, for sure. Um, that is definitely a moment I will never forget. Um, for those that don't know, Brendan and I were some of the select few that got to run onto the field at zero zero zero. Um, because some of us had the two minute mark, some of us had the three second mark post game until they could get onto the field. But we were um, among the few that had the zero 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 mark, and we meaning we could run onto the field right as the game ended. And I remember that being next to you on the sideline. Um, it was a crazy game, too, because like 30 minutes ago, we thought the Chiefs were probably going to lose. And now all of a sudden, we're getting ready to celebrate. And that was incredible. Like, what What are some other things that were going through your mind at that moment? Like, I know for me, it was, is my battery charged? Do I have a fresh battery in? And... Like, what route am I taking? Like, am I going to push left? Am I going to go straight? Yeah. Am I going to push right? Like, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I definitely remember thinking about batteries and SD cards and, and just, like, shaking, uh, unable to, to efficiently check my equipment because I am I am visibly shaking. Um, just so many emotions, but... Uh, yeah, I, I remember, like I said, squaring up like a sprinter and being as tall as I am, you know, feeling confident that I'm going to be able to outrun other local media, uh, people and, and be able to box out and get that position. But, um, you know, I, I can't really remember what was on my mind. It, it was all a blur and, uh, I was just so ecstatic to be there, but, um, you know, dual dual wielding, if you will, having my my camera shooting stills and and having the cell phone uh, shoot video and, and be able to send that back in real time. Um, I, I'm not sure how I did that. Uh, to be honest, I've, I've tried that recently to, to have cell phone in left hand and camera in the right, and it's a little harder than I remember it being. So uh, I guess I had a, enough coffee to fuel me there. I, I'm not really sure, but. Uh, who knows if I'll, I'll ever do this. You had some fire picks from that <laughs> from that Super Bowl. The pictures were phenomenal. Yeah, thank you. The the access was was the thing, right? Uh, it, it was a noticeable change in in uh, ver- variety of photos and and quality of photos when you're in the operational zone for LV, but uh, when you're on the field right next to the players like oh man those moments are unbelievable and we saw that in uh the photographers this year that got that field access in Liebenberg uh Tory Richmond uh with the Bucks um Steve with the Chiefs like the, there were just unbelievable shots uh so that that was really cool to see their work yeah and speaking of those great photographers um last portion of the podcast who are some like name me three underrated or low-key or sleepers in terms of content creators that you think people should be following and knowing about? Mm, underrated people. Um, 
see. I mean, I, I don't know if I would consider Diego to be underrated. I think he uh, has some notoriety and, and some backing up. But, um, you know, I always love what Diego's doing. Um, I, I would also say just on, like, the team photography side, um, Sean Hubbard with the Ravens, I love his stuff. And, and then uh, Dan... I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but but Dan uh, with the Jets, um, both of them, I am just always amazed with uh, just the the grasp on on colors that they have. Um, everything looks like a, a still from a movie, um, and just how they're always able to to be in the right spot at the right time. Uh, just so cool, and I, I wouldn't consider any of those three to be underrated per se, but uh, you know, just unbelievable talents, and and I think they should uh, have have some more social clout. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I love Diego. <laughs> Everything you put it out. Diego's great. Yeah. He's um. If you don't know Diego, you should, you should definitely know Diego because he just graduated college and he's freaking shooting Super Bowls. Like that's that's insane to me. Um, but awesome. All right, last thing, Brendan. Hit us mm-hmm. with your socials on Instagram and Twitter so people can follow you if they're not already. Yeah. And then one last piece of advice for those listening, um, you know, those trying to get into positions similar to ours, those trying to get into the creative world, students, recent grads, whatever they may be. One last piece of advice mm-hmm. for those listening to the podcast. But first, plug yourself. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh social handles let's see twitter is at brendan it's spelled with a y super sorry about that uh instagram is at brendan mentor and tiktok is at brendan mentor as well i'm trying to get them all to be at brendan but it's taken a while we'll see if we get there uh and then a last piece of advice um i think just to touch on the the royal story that we hit at the very beginning um and just like the importance of, of being scrappy and resourceful, especially in this job market where uh, it's hard to, to find a, a foot in the door uh, in the sports industry. But like when you when you see an opportunity present itself, like take it and write it and see where it can go. But, but to get to that opportunity to um, be as resourceful as you can to, to do your research and know who the right people are to talk to, know the right questions to ask. Don't say, hey, Billy, I saw you went to the Super Bowl. How can I go to the Super Bowl? That's hard for Billy to respond to. Um, you know, it, it's all about making relationships. And, you know, if you want advice, uh, asking the right questions and, and saying, hey, Billy, I'm, you know, I'm a student right now. I love your work I, I aspire to do what you're doing what as a college sophomore right now can I do to get in a better position uh, what advice would you have to you know make myself stand out and, and be able to work for the college team or, or whatever it may be but um, you know professional creatives like Billy and myself and, and many many others in the field are here to help um like always have open DMs. I, I'm happy to help because I didn't have anyone uh, 
helping me uh, per se. I, I didn't really have uh, too many mentors uh, professionally when I was coming up. I didn't know who to reach out to, so I'm more than happy, as is Billy, as are so many other people uh, in this industry, to lend that helping hand and point people in the right direction. Uh, you just got to ask. Yo, that is a wrap from Brendan Mentor. Thank you so much, Brendan, for being on the podcast. Thank you to everybody who called in and asked us questions. And shout out to everybody who listened to this live via Clubhouse. Now you don't have to listen to the full podcast, but it would really mean a lot if you still liked it, downloaded it, and at least played it for like five seconds so it can count as a play or something. I don't know. My name is Billy Quatch, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast, Get This Shot. I'll catch y'all on the next episode. Deuces.